Welcome to the More Than a Physique podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, online fitness coach, content creator, and competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. In this podcast, we help you discover your inner athlete. Each episode will enhance your life as we provide you insights on all things health, fitness, and personal development. Now let's bring out your inner athlete. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the More Than a Physique podcast, where we discuss ways to ignite all areas of your life surrounding health, fitness, and becoming mentally elite. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, certified strength and conditioning specialist, sports nutritionist, and a certified pre- and postnatal coach with the Natty Hour. Before we get into today's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Legion and the Natty Hour. Legion is an evidence-based supplement company that takes pride in ensuring that all products are backed by peer-reviewed scientific literature and are dosed at clinically effective levels. If you've been following me long enough, you know that I'm not one to push something that I don't believe in, especially supplements. But the fact that Legion has gone to great lengths to ensure such quality products is the reason why I have partnered up with them. If you are interested in learning more, be sure to visit legionathletics.com. You will also receive 20% off your first order if you use my code Jansen, J-A-N-Z-E-N, at checkout. Further information and links are in the show notes. Also, a huge shout out to The Natty Hour, which is my online coaching business that I run with my husband, Kyle Jansen. We exist to serve the drug-free strength and fitness community, from those who embody the discipline and determination to pursue the highest level of competition naturally, to those looking to improve their overall health and lifestyle. Our athletes range from being elite bodybuilders to the new mom looking to prioritize her health amongst a hectic schedule. Be sure to visit thenattyhour.com to learn more. Thank you so much for supporting the More Than a Physique podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode on your social media. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 87, Protein. So the most important macronutrient that should be prioritized regardless of your goals. Now, a lot of people don't like it when people say that, right? They don't like it when they hear, oh, that's the most important macronutrient, which I understand. Each macronutrient serves an important purpose and we can get into the importance of other macronutrients in future episodes. So if that's something that you would be interested in, do me a favor and share this episode to your Instagram stories. Tag me in this episode and I will do a future episode talking about the other macronutrients. But the reason I personally say that protein is the most important macronutrient is because it is the most challenging macronutrient for most people to consume enough of. And it is often the underconsumption of protein that is holding people back from accomplishing their body composition related goals. So why protein? What makes it so special? Regardless of if you are trying to lose weight, 
build muscle, get strong, or even just maintain your current physique. Consuming enough protein is essential to accomplishing these goals. A lot of people may be confused by that thinking, well, if I'm just trying to maintain, why do I need to focus on consuming an adequate amount of protein just to maintain where I'm currently at? Well, if we aren't consuming enough protein in time, and even if it's coupled with inadequate training, we are going to experience muscle loss. So eventually there's going to be a point where maintenance isn't going to be accomplished unless you are ensuring that you are consuming an adequate amount of protein. What a lot of people don't realize is that all calories we eat are not created equal. There's this concept known as the thermic effect of food, which is basically the calories burned from what we eat. So during the digestion process, your body has to work super hard to break down that food and we actually burn calories during that process. So when it comes to fats and carbs, your thermic effect of food for fats are roughly two to 3% and your carbs are roughly six to 8%. You still burn calories during the digestion of fats and carbs, but it's not even close nor comparable to the calories burned from consuming protein, which is around 25%. Therefore, when people tell you to uh, just eat less to lose weight, it's not 100% accurate. If we eat less protein, you actually make it harder to lose weight. However, if you replace some fats and carbs with some protein, you should make it easier to lose weight, even if you eat the same amount of food. This is just one of many reasons why protein is so important when you're trying to make body composition changes. In addition, protein makes up about 20% of your body's mass. It is also comprised of your hair, blood, fingernails, toenails, and it is the key structural component of your cells. It forms your hormones and enzymes and allows your cells throughout your body to communicate better and more efficiently with each other. Because we are trying to accomplish more than just survival here, lower protein diets when you are trying to make body composition related changes, when you are trying to diet or build muscle, lower protein diets are not the answer. So when you are trying to change your body composition, it's safe to assume that you are following a resistance training program, right? What happens when we train? We experience muscle protein breakdown. And this is the goal when we are doing a resistance training program. It's to create new muscle tissue so we build more muscle. What about if we are dieting? We know that you must be in a calorie deficit when you are trying to lose weight. We also must remember that dieting puts a lot of stress on our bodies, including our muscle tissue. As we lean out, we start to lose weight, yes, but often we are losing muscle as well depending on how quickly you are losing that weight. So to offset these negative effects that occur from dieting, having a higher protein diet can help mitigate these issues. Now that we understand why protein is so important, let's break it down how you should calculate it. After listing off all of the benefits, you might be thinking, well, I'll just eat as much protein as possible. Easier said than done here. And we also must keep things in reason. And remember, there is gonna be a law of diminishing return. So too much of anything isn't the greatest for you. The goal is not to eat as much protein as possible, Believe me, the digestive related issues of consuming 
consuming, say, 200 grams of protein if you're a small female, it's not fun, nor is it necessary. So when deciding on your protein targets, before we get into the calculations, I think it's important to consider four variables. Are you dieting? Are you maintaining? Are you building? And what are your go-to protein sources? So based off of these different components here, I'm gonna go over what the protein targets are depending on what your goals are. So if you are dieting, a good range of protein intake is gonna be between one gram to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. If you are maintaining your results, consuming 0.7 to 1.0 grams per pound of body weight is adequate. If you are building, so if you're wanting to focus on building muscle, you still can focus on consuming 0.7 to 1.0 grams per pound of body weight. The last component, what are your go-to protein sources? So this is going to apply to people who are on a plant-based diet, people who consume plant-based protein sources. All of the three previous goals that I mentioned, regardless of which one you're doing, if you are plant-based, you actually want to increase those targets by roughly 5 to 10%. It's important to note that if someone is considered obese, then it's best to use your estimated lean body mass when making these calculations. Or another method is to take your targeted body weight and use that as your benchmark. So for example, if you weigh 300 pounds, it's not practical for you to consume 300 grams of protein if you're dieting because the goal is one gram per pound of body weight. Instead, I would take if you know what your estimated lean body mass is or your targeted goal weight so say if you're a female your targeted goal weight is maybe around 150 pounds that would be an adequate body weight that you would want to base your calculations off of in comparison to what your true body weight currently is at you can see that the protein target is higher when you are dieting compared to when you are maintaining or even building and there are a few reasons for this Number one, higher protein when dieting helps you stay more satiated, which is gonna help mitigate any hunger-related issues that occur when you are dieting. Number two, higher protein when dieting helps mitigate muscle loss. As we know, especially if you are a natural lifter, it is very tough to actually build muscle. So we want to preserve all of that hard-earned muscle as best as we can. And the best way to do that on top of an optimized training program is to focus on consuming a higher protein diet when you are dieting. When you are trying to build muscle, you want to, of course, be in a calorie surplus where it's actually better to increase your carbs versus your protein because it's your fuel source and it's what's going to help give you the energy that you need to perform in the gym. Please note, though, that these ranges are just suggestions and can be adapted to fit your needs. So, for example, say the protein target when you are building feels just too low and you are super hungry and maybe gaining weight too quickly, then don't be afraid to bump your protein targets up to the 1.2 grams per pound of body weight to help offset that hunger as needed. This will also increase your thermic effect of food, so you slow down the weight gain as needed. So let's go over an example here. Say you weigh 120 pounds and want to maintain your results. Your go-to protein range would be 84 grams to 120 grams. So that's taking your body weight, 120 pounds, 
multiplying it by 0.7 to get 84 grams, and then the top end of that range, timesing it by 1.0 to get 120 grams. Now, if you are vegan, you want to bump up this total by about five to 10%, which is gonna change your targets to 88 grams to maybe 132 grams. So all you would do for that is just take the 84 grams, times it by 1.05, that increases it by 5%. If you wanna increase the 120 grams, you would take 120, multiply it by 1.1, which increases it by 10%. You would apply this percentage change when all you consume are plant-based protein, so no animal products, regardless of if you are dieting, maintaining, or building. So why do we do this if you are a vegan? There are nine essential amino acids that we need to consume from our food when it comes to having a complete protein source. Typically, plant proteins are lower in certain essential amino acids. Leucine is the primary amino acid responsible for stimulating muscle protein synthesis. And we wanna to try to focus on consuming about three to five grams of leucine which often can be lacking in plant-based protein sources and plant-based diets in comparison to animal-based proteins. So a couple of good examples here of protein sources that are higher in leucine include your whey isolate. So that's typically about 15% of leucine. Milk is around 10%. Eggs is 9%. Soy is actually about 8% and wheat is 7%. So you can see here that there are some sources that do have a good amount of leucine in them. That's not to say that plant-based protein sources have zero amounts of leucine. It's just how can we ensure that we are getting an adequate amount of leucine and often the best way to do that to ensure that is by bumping up your overall protein targets just to ensure that you are filling in any missing blanks. So if you find that it is a struggle for you to consume an adequate amount of protein when you are on a plant-based diet, I don't want you to stress and think that you need to start eating meat if you don't want to. We just have to focus on being a little bit more diligent when it comes to consuming enough protein. And that's why I recommend increasing your targets by that five to 10% to ensure that you are getting in enough leucine and filling in the blanks. Another recommendation that you might find helpful is to consider consuming a leucine supplement. So there are a lot of EAA supplementation products out there that might be helpful helpful for you as well. And then finally, try to focus on eating complementary proteins to ensure you consume all of the essential amino acids. So for example, rice is very high in certain amino acids and beans are higher in other amino acids. Therefore, eating them together or within the same day will help ensure that you are consuming enough of those essential amino acids and making sure that you are filling in the blanks. Lastly, let's discuss how we can include more protein into our diet. Now that we know what our targets are, regardless if we are animal-based, regardless if we are plant-based, regardless if we are dieting or not, how can we ensure that we are consuming enough protein into our diet and we are doing so in a consistent manner? 
this can be very tough for a lot of people. And that's just because, you know, protein is not super palatable, right? Carbs and fats, they all taste good. They have been designed to taste really good. Whereas protein, depending on the person's taste buds, for example, they aren't always the first option. They aren't always the first thing that we are gonna grab when we are selecting our meals. So this is actually the biggest reason why I still track my macronutrients. I've been very much focused on helping a lot of my clients transition to an intuitive eating lifestyle. A lot of them are implementing a mindful eating approach where they aren't even tracking their macros anymore and it's working really well for them. But for someone like me with where I am currently at in my stage in my fitness journey, I will under consume protein because I don't like it at all. Even protein powders, there's a lot of protein powders that have been designed to taste really good nowadays. I couldn't imagine being back in like the 90s where the protein powder just tasted like chalk. I couldn't do it. So we're very blessed in this generation to have so many great options and even still I struggle. So if I were to implement an intuitive eating lifestyle, I know myself, I know I'm going to under consume protein. And that's the biggest reason why I still track my macronutrients. So what can you do regardless if you track or not, regardless if you are implementing an intuitive eating approach or not, what are some applicable strategies that are going to allow you to include more protein into your diet? Suggestion number one is to select high protein options. So when you are selecting like your cereals, your oatmeal, bread, pasta, rice, for example, there are always gonna be other brands and other options that are higher protein sources. So make sure you spend some time looking at the back of the label when you are at the grocery store and selecting the option that is gonna have the highest amount of protein in it. My go-to cereal right now is actually mini wheats. A lot of people think that Vector cereal has the highest amount of protein and you have to pay attention to the advertising on the back because the label will show a high amount of uh, protein, but that's with added amounts of 2% milk and milk is very high in protein as well so what it says on the front of the label we have to pay attention to what it is actually without milk on the back and correct me if I'm wrong I'm pretty sure I looked into this that's this is why I consume mini wheats mini wheats actually has higher amounts of protein in it so take the time when you're selecting your brands there's even like high protein oatmeal now um, Kodiak oatmeal that you can get like the Kodiak cakes that you can get like the waffle mix from Costco. They have like the Kodiak high protein oatmeal. Um, I believe like in BC, you can only get it at Walmart. I haven't found it at like Superstore or Save-On or anything like that, but there's lots of other options. There's like the Catelli high protein pasta, which is super helpful as well. There's high protein country harvest bread. You know, we want to make sure that we're being mindful and selecting the options that have high amounts of protein in them. Suggestion number two is to stock up on lean protein sources. If we are running out of protein sources in our house, of course it's easy to go grab the bag of potato chips instead when you don't have high protein options. So things to kind of consider adding to your grocery list and making sure they are in your fridge quite frequently are things like egg whites, chicken, protein milk. So there's the uh, Joya protein milk, Fairlife protein milk. There's even high protein Greek yogurt now, shrimp, turkey, turkey bacon, cod, extra lean ground beef, tofu, tempeh. There's lots of options. We just have to make sure, again, we are being mindful of including these things into our grocery cart. 
Suggestion number three is stocking up on some supplements. There is no shame in having supplements in the back of your pocket. They are super handy. That is what they are there for. So supplementing your protein is often essential for a lot of people, like even myself. I'm currently consuming 150 grams of protein a day. I'm on an animal-based diet where my protein sources typically are things like eggs, milk, chicken, and turkey bacon, and even, and Greek yogurt actually as well too. And even with those options, I still rely on almost two scoops of protein powder a day. You know, that's what it's there for. So don't be afraid to stock up on that. It doesn't just have to be protein powder. You can get some protein bars. You can get some protein cookies. There's even protein chips and protein water now. So spend some time at a supplement store and see what options are going to be most enjoyable to you and try to include those again in that grocery cart. Last suggestion here is to try new recipes. So my go-to website right now for recipes is eatthismuch.com. It's also an app as well too. What I love about it is that you can actually type in your current macronutrients and it'll generate a meal plan for you based off of your preferences. So even if it's just one meal, if you type in your macros for the one meal that you have left over, like dinner, for example, say you have 10 grams of fat, 80 carbs and 30 protein, you're like, I don't, I don't know what to cook. You put that into the app and it'll generate a meal out for you. It's super helpful, super handy. So trying new recipes like that can be a helpful way to ensure that you're still getting a high protein meal and hopefully palatable so that way you can actually still enjoy it. I also really love my protein crepe recipe. For those who follow me on Instagram, you guys know that I had this a lot during my contest prep. It's super handy. So I'll just mix in just some egg whites with some protein powder. You have to make sure that you weigh both of them out and you play with the consistency of it because it depends on your protein powder. For myself, I use like a full whey. It's not a blend or anything like that. So my go-to protein powder, I find that if I have, I think it's 40 grams of that, that, and then I can mix in 60 grams of egg whites then it stirs up nicely where there's a good level of thickness and it's not too runny and there you go like a high protein protein crepe it tastes really good especially if you mix those egg whites into like a vanilla protein powder I personally use the legion birthday cake it is so good and it's a nice way to make that protein powder that we are consuming a little bit more enjoyable and palatable and then I'll top it off with some strawberries bananas maybe some like low fat cool whip maybe some peanut butter or cookie butter if you have some fats available and it's like 40 grams of protein like it's super high and it's a nice little treat at the end of the day so I know that protein can be very challenging for a lot of people like I said I am no stranger to the challenges of consuming enough protein but that doesn't mean that it is impossible and that doesn't mean that we should neglect the consumption of protein. It is extremely important regardless of what your goals are. A lot of people think, well, I'm not a bodybuilder, so I don't need to focus on consuming enough protein. It's not about that. It's about focusing on your health and your longevity and making sure that you have enough muscle so that way you can focus on preserving that muscle as you get older because it becomes extremely important with our overall movement, our joint support, and uh, reducing the risk of osteoporosis, things 
things like that that we don't think about when we are young that are going to be very helpful and your older like way older future self is going to be like thank you so much for consuming an adequate amount of protein so take it seriously i know that it's a struggle i know that it's not enjoyable but it's not impossible and we can include enough protein into our diet we just have to be mindful intentional and creative All right, team, that about wraps up this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, if you found it helpful as a thank you to me, please do me a huge favor and be sure to share this on your social media. Maybe share it with your friends and family. And if you haven't already, please be sure to go leave this episode a review on iTunes. It really helps me out. It helps other people find the episode so we can ensure that we help more people just like this episode was able to help you. So thank you all. I look forward to chatting with you all again very soon. But until then, go out there, strive for more, be more, and ignite your inner athlete.